You're listening to American Timelines. American Timelines. American Timelines by History for Jerks. History for Jerks. The greatest. The greatest. The greatest podcast ever. American Timelines is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. is like watching I don't know what it's like watching, you don't know what it's, it's like, like watching what? an old lady try to take a shit what why how often do you do that it, I don't need to because I look at what you get ready for the podcast and I already know what it looks like so me putting on headphones and putting a beer down and getting equals an adjusting old woman your pillows shitting. and getting grunting and groaning oh because old woman women adjust pillows and it, while they're excreting feces all right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to another, to episode, another of episode of American Timelines. American Timelines. I'm Amy. And we are History for Jerks, and I am Adam Gundrum, the lead singer of Uncle Ankle, the greatest band in Indiana. Yeah, I thought you would change it up the second time around. No, I'm Uncle Ankle, and this is the first time our listeners have heard this, because I <laughs> neglected to push the correct button when we recorded this podcast the first time. That's right. So, this is going to be a little different. We kind of yeah. know a little more about what, but it's still going to be good. This is the second version of this episode, Yes, because I didn't push record. So, we spent an hour and a half speaking into microphones for no reason. <laughs> And it was a, it was a it was the best episode. It was a ever. pleasant experience. It was the best episode ever, and you are all gonna miss it because yeah, I, I didn't record it. Only our dogs have heard. Only it. our dogs. It's the only episode of American Timelines that our dogs have been the only listeners of. Are the only listeners of. And, and when I say listening, I don't really. I know. Yeah, they didn't really. They didn't really. They weren't perked up. Or no, anything. they weren't. My name's Joe, and we are History for Jerks, and we are back after a little bit of a sabbatical. And I'd like to apologize to all of you for that sabbatical. Mm-hmm. We're probably going to have to have another one coming up here, aren't we? Another sabbatical? With your with your Yeah, here comedy. is why. Just so you all know, I am a producer of comedy in right. Charlotte, North Carolina. We don't North need Carolina. your life story. Just, you're going to... But anyway, I'm putting, on a, I'm putting on the largest comedy festival in Charlotte uh, right now, and I'm heavily involved. So it's the Queen City Comedy it's, Experience. I think it's the only festival of comedy in charlotte it probably is but it's but largest. You make it the largest <laughs> well it is i know it's huge it's just it's funny deal. to say that when we it's the only fortune one fortune themester filming her special oh for it, what what for what network i can't say We're not oh. to say. it could be any special but it's a recording special saturday night the 28th we have bumping mics with jeff ross and dave attell we have nate bargazzi uh, Hari Kondabolu, we have the Watch What Crappens podcast, Small Town Murder podcast, and many, many more. Kevin McDonald of Kids in the Hall is going to hang out. That's Sharna awesome. Halpern is he going to perform? Yes, he's performing. Uh, his, he's doing his podcast, Kevin McDonald's Kevin McDonald Show podcast live. Oh, really? Yeah, at the Duke That's Energy awesome. Theater at Spirit Square on Thursday. 
September 26th. Well, that's interesting. And then he's doing a sketch workshop, and then he's going to perform sketch comedy with the people in oh, his that's workshop. Cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Kids in the Hall. Kevin yeah. McDonald. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity at the Queen City Comedy Experience. Okay. It's going to be a lot of fun. Anyway. Anyway, that's why we didn't put out an episode last week, and uh, but we're going to get this one done, and I, yeah, I don't know... Yeah, we'll be able to catch up maybe the next week after the festival and, and do one a couple of days I'm going to take off because I'll be dead tired. Yep. Uh, all right. Anyway, so anyway. That's why. So I This is the podcast that us. brings you all the crazy, nostalgic, crazy, interesting nostalgic, events from the past. Interesting. And, and we do weird, it year by year. Uncomfortable events. You know how hard it is for me to talk, to say what I'm supposed to say. I'm hyping as your you're, stuff. As you're hyping it. talking and no, behind, I'm hyping. I'm hyping behind you. I'm hyping. Oh, okay. Hyping the words. It's like a, I'm Flavor Flav. You're Chuck D. So, today we are talking about 1964. Yeah, boy! See how that works? You're I Chuck D, I'm Flavor Flav. Anyway, yeah, we're, we're, we're in 1964 now. It took us forever to get through 1963. And I'm going to start off with a few things that uh, happened in 1964 to give you perspective. They don't really have dates. It's just sometime in the year. And I'm going to start with the price of one pound of bananas. Okay. In 1964. I, can't re- I honestly can't remember from the last time we recorded. Yeah, it was 15 cents. That's pretty good. Let that hit you. Let that wash over yep. you. That Let's knowledge. Let that wash over you. How That's much is a How much is a pound of bananas now? Would you say? Yeah, 40, like 40, 50 bucks? Dollar thirty or something. I think it's like fifty five dollars. Well, seventy two no. cents. I think you're being a little. I think that's going a little far the other way. You don't know. No, you're right. You don't. I know. Did, I didn't just buy a pound of bananas the other day. Are you being sarcastic? Yes. All right. What about a Dumont Color TV? That that was four, was that astronomical. I recall four hundred ninety nine dollars. That is crazy. It seems like a lot high. for 1964, but keep in mind, color there, TV. There probably wasn't color TV until then. It was like a new thing, right? And only rich people had them. That's right. And the way the color worked, I figured I did the research I did, oh, between okay. yesterday and today. And the way the science works is, um, they have monkeys inside the TV that oh, color use crayons, and they color the TV uh, the colors. That's why there was a little bit iffy at the beginning. Yeah, so I just remember those monkey. When I was a little kid, I'd get really close to the TV, and I'd see those little colored dots that made up the screen. Yeah, those were monkeys in there doing that, probably, I think. Did you ever do that? No. I put my feet on the TV all the time during Mr. Rogers, though. Oh. I don't don't know how that would work. Because we were bored. We had a big TV, a big, like, you know, the TV was like a piece of furniture. Yeah, it was like console. In the 70s, yeah. It was Mm -hmm. like... It was like a table. Mm -hmm. You could eat off of it and stuff. Yep, that's true. we had a big old one. And, uh... I don't know if you know this, but the U.S. Army used the first uh, drones in 1964. Oh, yeah. The AQM-34 Ryan Firebees in Vietnam. Drone. Yeah, they're like a, they look like big, like clunky metal airplanes. Did you look it up? Yeah, I looked them oh, up. You, looked on, them you can up see them on see YouTube. You can see videos of them. Look up the Ryan Firebees uh, AQM-34. It's kind of... It's not what do you think of as a drone today, super light and airy. Yeah. It's like clunky and huge, but they were like remote controlled, non, non. Everything in the 70s and 60s was remote controlled. Everything? I feel like it. I think everything. Robots? Everything everything we owned as children was pretty much remote controlled. Mm. The robots. Not like a paddle ball. Well. You know or they I mean. had slingshot action, like that one you, you grind, grind up or you wind up and stuff. Anyway, we're in the 60s, not the 70s. That's true. Um, the modern version of the Hippocratic Oath was written in 1964 by a man named Louis Lasagna. <laughs> Why didn't that guy change his name? Well, he had to update it. 
uh, he had to update the Hippocratic Oath, uh, so it was not to be taken in the presence of God or any gods, but before only other people. Uh, what is the whole Hippocratic Oath? Uh, I had a it's first do no harm. I know that's the beginning of it. Louis Lasagna was the academic dean of the School of Medicine at Tufts University. Louis Lasagna at Tufts, y'all. Um, Why did we need to know that? I wrote down the Hippocratic Oath. I was going to read it, but... Um, is it real long? Do you know how it goes? How's the beginning of I, it? First go? do no harm is the only part I know. Uh, Hippopotamus Oath. Hippocratic Oath. Here we go. All right. I swear. Yeah, the, the original one was written in Ionic Greek between the 5th and 3rd centuries B.C. Whoa. That's, that's why it had to be updated by Louis Lasagna. Finally. That's about time. And back then it was written by Phil Pasta. That was bad. That was terrible. Philip Pasta? Okay, that's not true. You don't believe me? I don't. Hi Hippocrates the Greek doctor did it. Okay. Uh, Is it real long? The earliest surviving copy goes, it's all written in Greek. So we I don't need, read don't it. read it. Uh, I swear by Apollo, physician, by Asclepius. No, by don't Hygia, read the Greek by one. By Panacea, and by all the gods and goddesses, making them my witnesses that I will carry out according to my ability to judgment, the oath with this indenture, to hold my teacher in this art Equal to my own parents to make him partner in my livelihood when he is in need of money to share mine with him to consider his family as my own brother. All right. All right. That's enough of that one. You want the new one? Yeah. The normal one. I can't find it. I don't know where it is. It's there's so oh, modern versions. Oh, yeah. I swear to fulfill the best of my ability and judgment this covenant. I will respect the hardworking scientific gains of those physicians in whose steps I walk. Gladly share such knowledge as mine who are the fellow. I will apply for the benefit of the sick. Benefit of the sick, all measures that are required, avoiding those twin traps of overtreatment and therapeutic nihilism. Therapeutic nihilism. Wow. Yeah, I, I mean, it goes on forever. There's okay, let's not read it. The whole I'll thing. respect the privacy of my patients and all that BS. Um, back to my info. Yep. Uh, did you know that the reason you find so many 1964 nickels is, oh. is because people thought. That the la that was the last year they would contain silver, so people hoarded them. This is funny. And so then the mints had to make more coins to make up for the shortage. But in reality, they were all just made of nickel. And if I had already known that there was an, a, an unusually high amount of 1964 nickels... Yeah, you would have cut me off? I me? No, I would be probably the biggest nerd there ever was. Nerd that was something alert. that I had already observed. Oh, there, it seems like there's a lot of 1964 nickels out there. So, what you're saying is, if one of our listeners was aware of the fact that there's more... By observation. Yeah. Not by yeah, somebody telling right, you. Correct. You're saying if they're aware they're of that... They're biggest nerd ever. And they're not welcome to listen to our podcast. I didn't say the second part saying. of that. You did. You are alien and, and you hate birth. If they like birthdays, they're also not allowed, according to you. That's true. I, that one is I true. welcome birthday fans. All right. What's next? The Sharpie marker was introduced in 1964. And Donald Trump's... Never been the same. Yeah, Donald Trump, zing, yeah. boom, make it relative, re, re, relevant. relevant. The extra fine point didn't come out until 1979, though. Which sucks. And the ultra fine point was in and 1989. Ultra, 50, ultra fine point is this the worst idea. 
Yeah, we hate anyone who uses the ultra fine point sharpies. I don't know why somebody <laughs> would want to use a fine point that fine of a point. You know, why although are you do judge? you think your mom writes like that, real uh-oh, light? Oh, no. Oh, there's a rift between my <laughs> wife and my mom. Women all hate their mothers-in-law. They all hate them. Stop it. That's not true. We got a I rift. Her. Lindsay Maris, when you listen to this episode in ten years, uh, yep, she's, finally, she's still in the nineties. I think she's in the eighties. Uh, how about this? The top five shows on TV in 1964 were Bonanza on NBC. Western. Bewitched on ABC. Which show? Magic. Gomer Pyle, USMC on CBS. Military. Andy Griffith Show on CBS. Nostalgic. And The Fugitive on ABC. What would that be? Action? Must be. So that's they're all different kind of genres. Yeah, that's not a lot that's of western. The western kind of era is gone, I guess. Well, Bonanza. Bonanza's still there, but uh, also fashion designers Andre Courageous and Mary Quant introduced mm. the miniskirt. The miniskirt. Therefore, scandalizing conservatives and signaling signaling the rapidly changing mores of the decade. So they went from morals of the decade is probably what that should have said. Yes. The rapidly changing morals of the decade. Yeah, so miniskirts were around. Raising up the hand. And it was making people upset. Yes, people they didn't do. like it. You're going to go to hell. They do get mad. The Beatles released seven platinum records in 1964 That's alone. That's amazing. One year. Seven platinum records. That is insane. Introducing the Beatles, Meet the Beatles, the Beatles' second album, A Hard Day's Night, Something New, Beatles for Sale, and Beatles 65 each sold over one million copies. That's pretty good. Yep. It's a pretty good run. And I have there's some commercial uh, phrases, jingles. Mm-hmm. I'll say the jingle. You guess the product. Okay. Let your fingers do the walking. Yellow pages. Exactly right. Exactly right. There's no more yellow pages. What? Did you just remember something? No, I thought that was another one. Exactly right. No, you were right about. Oh, I thought pages. you were giving me the next one. No. <laughs> it was called exactly right. Exactly up, right. I should just make up things. And I will just guess, and it'll probably be a marketing genius idea for whatever that product is. Armpit chickens. Woohoo! <laughs> Armpit chickens. That would grandma be... rub my ankles. Is it the same one? Yeah. Those are both in the same commercial. Yeah. Yep. That is for Ben Gay. Yep. I knew it. Okay, that's not real. Please don't squeeze the Charmin. Well, duh, that's Charmin. Dick Wilson as Mr. George Whipple. Is that that 64 is when that came out? Yep. How about, come alive, you're in the Pepsi generation. Well, that's not hard to guess, honey. <laughs> Say the thing in the okay, middle. How about this? Here's one. Does she or doesn't she? Oh, Miss Clarol. Yes, Clarol. Is the carpet match the curtains? Miss Clarol. You know what Miss Clarol says? Have a double batch and get a snatch to match. I was hoping you'd say that. That <laughs> sounds like the 60s ad. Yep, Is that where it you was. heard that? Yeah, that's where I heard it. Now, last time, that we, was reco- Divine, last time we recorded this episode, I played the commercials. Yeah. But I don't... I, and they didn't bring yeah, any, they add anything great. to yeah, it. Yeah, they weren't that great. But you can find some of these on YouTube, uh, as you can find almost anything on YouTube. Yep. Um, January 4th, 1964, we have a new number one song on the Billboard chart, knocking off that nun. There was like a nun song, nun sense oh, or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, by Bobby Vinton. Are you familiar with Bobby Vinton? Yeah. This song is called 
can get it to play. I can't get it to play? No. There, I've said it again. It's a popular song written by Red Evans and David Mann and popularized originally by Vaughn Monroe in 1945. And then again in late 1963 and early 64 by Bobby Vinton. Vinton's version was the final number one song on the Hot 100 prior to the Beatles. My grandma loved this kind of music. She would. This is for grandmothers. Yeah, it is. This is grandma music. This was was number one for four weeks. I had never heard this one. I will. And I would be glad if I never heard it again. Oh, there's something to be said for that kind of nostalgic sounding. Yeah, you know what? You know what that something to be said is garbage. No, that's not. Ass. <laughs> that's the something to be said. All right. Ass. Okay. I'd rather smell a fat guy's ass. No, you would not. Yeah. No, yeah. you would not. I would. I'd rather. Oh, the only thing I smell from now on is a fat guy's ass. Like, that's whatever he thinks smells like. Then never hear that song again. No. No offense. There's no way. <laughs> no offense to Bobby Vinton, who's our guest next week on the yeah, American right. Timelines. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's it for January. And that's That was on January 4th, 1964. And I understand you have something in on January... January 4th, 4th same I do. Day, the same yeah? day. Something happened on that date? Yes. Um, all right, so in a short period between June 1962 and January 1964, yeah, there was a series of grisly murders that took place in Boston. Grisly? Yes. Oh, wait a minute. Murders in Boston? All the victims Boston? were women, elderly women. Elderly women. Now, all of them were? Yes. No, not all of them. Most oh, of them. Oh. And they, were, the they all had been strangled. So the Boston slayings were blamed on one lone sociopath. And to this day, there is still mystery that surrounds the case. And what do they call him? You call him the Boston Strangler. This is the case of the Boston Strangler. Didn't we already talk about I feel no. like this has already been. He we've, didn't happen We've already yet. talked about the Night Stalker. We've he talked had about. happened. John Wayne Gacy. Hillside Stranglers. The hillside You're thinking of the Hillside Stranglers. Oh, Hillside Strangler. Boston Strangler. There's what? Hillside Strangler mm-hmm, that's and the a Boston one. Strangler. Yes. Are there any other Stranglers? Yeah, I'm sure there are. I just name four more can't Stranglers. Think of, can't think of any more Stranglers. Oh, off I guess the top, somebody's not a true fan. I do know that there probably are more Stranglers. All right. All right. Just like there's lots of slashers, there's lots of rippers. Rippers. Jack the Ripper is the only ripper. No, they have like the Yorkshire Ripper, the Ypsilanti Ripper. More, 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 there's more than one ripper. There's yeah. a Ypsilanti Ripper. There's the Ypsilanti Ripper. You ever been to Ypsilanti? I feel like we drove through it. I've been to Ypsilanti. I think we drove through it. I got it. a tattoo of it. Of, of Ypsilanti? I, well, I spent a night with a lady with a tattoo of a dagger on her body in Ypsilanti once. I don't want to know. All right, so. Um, yeah. So, yeah, these were mostly elderly women, mostly. Those are my favorite kind and of women. And so um, the first woman, the first victim was Anna Slessers, and she uh-huh. was a seamstress. A she, seamstress? Very devout churchgoer. 
Oh, she man. was murdered on the evening of June 14th, 1962. Oh, that poor lady. I, I don't, you know, when I think of seamstress, I don't think of murder. But uh, on June 14th, 1962, mm-hmm. that's the same day Ali Sheedy was born from Short Circuit. Yes. The greatest movie of all time. Also, on the Donna Reed show, after attending a friend's wedding, Mary seems anxious to get married herself. And then Alex jokes he'd rather see Mary elope and save him the cost of a wedding. <laughs> all right. So this woman lived on her own, yeah, and in um, bo- in Boston. She lived alone. Oh, and she didn't. She's a booming granny. So her son Juris was supposed to come pick her up. Wait a second. What? I can't just let that sit. Her son, what? Juris, J U R I S. Juris. Yes. J U R I S. Yes. Juris Priest. He was supposed to come by and pick her up for a memorial service. Okay. But um, because she's old and all of her friends are dying, right? So he kind of sees a little bit of her. He goes in the house, yeah, and he sees in the bathroom she's on the floor, yeah, and he runs out. He sees that she's dead. Yeah, he sees that she's dead, and she's got something around her neck. Oh no! And he runs out, so and he assumes that she died of a suicide. But he didn't want to see it. He was he was shocked. Yeah, poor jurist. But then when the homicide detectives got there, they found her in an obscene state. She was nude and stripped of dignity. So we don't think jurist did that. No, she had been sexually assaulted. Are you sure jurist isn't the strangler? We don't know. Well, he was, I guess, pretty shaken up. All right. So the apartment looked like it had been ransacked. Okay. And her purse and all this stuff from her purse was strewn everywhere. So her hard candies were gone? Her hard candies were all over the floor. Oh, they're all over the floor. But yeah. they weren't taken. Nobody took the hard candies. A gold Not even watch, the Werther's originals? A gold watch and some jewelry was also left behind. Now, was that a gold watch that had spent time up somebody's butt, you think? I don't think so. I think it was this old lady's. And so you don't think she's ever... Stop it. She's a victim. Oh, we All can't right. make fun of victims? No. That's, that's not Can cool. we make fun of Juris? I don't... He's a victim, too. Well, he didn't die. All right. Anyway. What can I They thought it was a botched burglary. Okay. So, just three weeks later, on June 28th, 1962... <laughs> oh! Funny that you mentioned June 28th, 1962, because that was National Handshake Day. Oh... So That's whatever, awesome. So this, whatever you are about to tell me, probably involves a handshake. No, it does not. No? Nope. On National Handshake Day, other things happened? 85-year-old Mary Mullen was murdered in her home. Oh, poor Mary Mullen. And then two days later, the body of 68-year-old Nora Nichols was also discovered in her home in Boston. On June 30th, you mean? Yes. Oh, that's National uh, Toilet crying day where people cry in their toilets all right i didn't make that up that's real it um it appeared this also appeared to be a burglary but there was like silver that was still left behind and so ah, it's like so it's not it's a staged yes it's a staged burglary it's not a real one somebody wants you to think it's a burglary right but instead it's just a murder and nichols was also found naked her legs were <sighs> open and her stocking tops were tied in a bow around oh, this her is neck. gross you should have i I'm disappointed in you. I would think you'd have a harder time discussing things like this. I have a hard time with it. You're calloused. No, I'm not. You're a calloused detective that's been through hell. (laughs) Then on the same day, a second body is discovered a few miles north of Boston. The same day, a toilet crying day? Yeah. Helen Blake was a 65-year-old divorcee, and her murder was more gruesome. Because she had lacerations in her private areas. No, that's new. The other yeah. ones didn't have that. They should change it from toilet crying day to body, dead body 
finding, oh, finding day, day. Yeah. and the bow she also had the bow around her neck a bow around her neck with a it was a bra this her time bra. well Okay, so this is the first time a bra has been used? Yes. So it's something different. Something new. and this, Something borrowed. Like, like the previous blue. crimes, it appeared to be a burglary. Yeah. Um. So it was clear well, that Boston was... this one did too? Boston it looked like was, a burglary? Yeah. Okay. Um, the, it was clear that Boston had this psychotic killer on the loose. I think they pronounce it Boston. So Boston. P- police commissioner canceled all police leave and... Um, a warning went out to all the females yeah, in you Boston. you police cannot take a break, and you women should not be answering the door. And so they, they knew they were looking for the psychopath. And um, before long, a fourth brutal slaying takes place in um, on August 19th. A fourth one? Yes. On August 19th, 1964. You missed it, I think. Or, I mean, three. I think you said you missed it last night. Well, you skipped December 5th, 1962. I haven't gotten to that yet. Oh. That's what I, I mean, August 19th, 1961. Or 1962. Oh, yeah, I don't have an August. All right. Oh, but I looked it up, and that's the same day John Stamos was born, wasn't it? No, that was something different, I think. No. Uh, John oh. Stamos was born in August. Oh, okay. I don't... <sighs> the birth of John Stamos. All right. Who, not many people know this. Was the drummer for the Beach Boys for the song Kokomo, which okay. is highly regarded on this podcast. No, it is not regarded on this podcast. It's the greatest song, song in no. American history. That is not a fact. Aruba, Jamaica. Stop it. Ooh, Stop I it. it. That wasn't 1964. Yeah, anyways. but John Stamos was in it. We already And he was born that, on this day. But, but here's another thing, a theory. Listen to this. Both Ali Sheedy and John Stamos were born on days the Boston Strangler murdered someone. There's a distinct possibility that they are both reincarnated victims of the, of the Boston, Boston Strangler, Strangler, if you think that's how reincarnation works. Right. Boom. So, Boom. Laying that. Think about that. Let that wash over you. So this victim was 75-year-old Ida Erga. Ida Erga? She, so you're saying right now that Ida Erga is John Samos. I'm not saying that. Oh. She had also been strangled. She lay on her back on the floor wearing a brown nightdress, which was ripped and exposed her body. Now, a nightdress. Is that a nightgown? Same yes. Thing? Yeah. And she, and she had, um, there was also no sign of forced entry, in, in, again, and that's, oh, so, in, that's consistent throughout all oh, of them. Oh, that's not something we mentioned, though, but so we think these ladies are letting this person yes. in, so it's somebody they might know. Yes. You think? Maybe. That's what they're thinking. The so then ladies. less than 24 hours later, the body of Jane Sullivan was found. Less than 24 hours after, after John Stamos was born. And the 65-year-old nurse had been murdered a week before. But she was just now found and oh, dead in the bathroom. So she died when somebody else was born. And she had been strangled with their own nylons. So <sighs> terror spread throughout Boston. Boy, so just think about this, though. John Stamos' parents are in the hospital all excited about having a baby named John Stamos. And they're reading in the paper that all, all these murders. Right. That's all right. sad. It was three months before the strangler struck again. This time the victim was young, though. Uh-oh. So 21-year-old Sophie Clark was an African-American student. Um, she was very mindful of her safety. She rarely now, dated. Now, this is the first minority that's murdered, That's right? true, too. And a young person. Yeah, so that's true, too. There was probably maybe some doubt at the beginning that it was the same guy, but I it's think, still in I Boston. I think there still is doubt that this is the same guy. But her body was found on December. You still to this day there's doubt? I think so. Oh. That's that's a few of like the young ones Could be a copycat. Same. Right. Could be a copycat killer. You're getting good. Man, I'm learning my lingo. So her body was found on December 5th. 1962. Oh, that is the day that on ABC there was a show called Our Man Higgins, which a lot of people have um, 
guessed or professed that this is possibly uh, where the idea for Mr. Belvedere came from. Uh, Allison Duncan McRoberts are looking forward to an unexpected inheritance from Scotland, but then are surprised when it's a servant. Higgins is a prim butler who lends a hand with the three adventurous children, while the youngsters help Higgins become a bit more relaxed. All right. A lot like Mr. Belvedere starring Bob Euchre and, a lot of people don't know this, uh, uh, Marilyn Manson played the young, one of the sons on that show. Okay. That's a rumor. I don't know if that's true. That's probably not true. All right. You're probably just spreading lies. Okay. Spreading lies? Manufactured by your competitors? So her body was found nude and had been sexually assaulted, and she had been strangled by her own stockings. Well, at least it's her own stocking, because here's the look on the bright side. What if you were murdered with some gross guy's stockings? At least they're your own. All right. Semen was also discovered for the first time. Gross! Ah, gross! So... She, um, the police were still sure this was the work of the same killer, I guess, because of how she was found. I wish we could just not talk about semen on one episode. I know. Then they had, and they also had a lead. A female neighbor told the police that a man had knocked on her door, insisting that he had been sent to paint her apartment. Right. And he finally left after she said her husband was sleeping in the next room. Oh. So she gave them a a description. How close was that to the murder scene? It was right close? It was a neighbor, yeah. In that, oh, in that building? In the same building. In the same building. Yep. Doesn't necessarily. Oh, she was an old lady, um, so maybe he was trying to kill that oh, lady. Oh, and then and then she didn't answer, so she he was forced to choose another victim. Oh, he's all wound up, so he had to do something. Yeah, he got all excited, he got a murder boner, so he had to fulfill it. Oh my God, you're good. Oh, <laughs> murder boner should be the name of a band. Murder boner. I bet it is already. Oh, yeah, you're probably right. Okay, so and we're gonna go see them. We're gonna follow them on tour wherever they go. The Even if they're just in some small town like Uncle Ankle and just play occasionally at a bar, we'll just follow them. Three weeks later, there was another murder. Twenty-three-year-old Patricia Bissett was oh. pregnant when she was found dead in her apartment. I wonder if she's related to Jacoby Bissett. And this was also near the vicinity the where Col- Anna Slessers and Sophie Clark had lived. So near the same place. She was discovered by her boss. Wait, what day was this? When she it was three weeks later. Oh, when she didn't turn up for work. Her body lay in her bed, covered by sheets, but she had been sexually assaulted and strangled with her own stockings. You know, that was a simpler time when your boss would come to your house if you didn't show up to work. I know. That doesn't happen anymore. Nope. Probably was going to offer her a ride. So they they interview every sex offender in Boston. Really? Yeah. All trying of them? to find, they, yeah, and still couldn't figure out anything. I don't buy that. So then the next victim. Yeah. In March of 1963, the body of 68-year-old Mary Brown was found strangled and raped. Uh, Two months later, all this rape is Beverly Sammons, 23-year-old graduate, had missed choir practice. Another young person on May 8th, 1963. Oh, on the same day Dick Van Dyke was on. In this episode, Rob submits a sketch about a talking bowling pin, which Alan Brady loves, but trouble arises when it's revealed that a rival comedian has already used that same material. Oh. Can't wow. copy the jokes. It's nope. already been done. But so wait, she was, found- was another young woman. Yes. So maybe he got that. He accidentally stumbled into the young one, and he was like, "Wow, young women are just as murderable as old ladies." He probably did. So she was found with her hands tied behind her back with one of her scarves, a nylon stocking, and two handkerchiefs were tied around her neck, and then a piece See, of cloth that was over her mouth. That's the other thing you could, if I was an old lady or a young lady living at that time, I would be like, you know what, get rid of all my stockings. Yeah, really. And ribbons and it. all that. Just go no. commando. Well, those aren't your balls. Those aren't balls. They go on, do they? They go on your feet. Oh well, right. It, stockings. 
Oh, they cover the like, big yeah. long stockings cover your crotch. Yeah. But, but I, I guess you had to wear them. Was, you weren't allowed to not wear them. Mm-hmm. You weren't. Nope. Oh, okay. Um, but that's a good point that you're making. I would get rid of all of my... All your stockings and bras? All my chokeable items. Yeah. No kidding. Because he's not coming prepared for any no, of this No, he shit. uses their stuff. Yeah. So, um, for she had stabbed, got stabbed in the neck, though, and they, they oh. said that that's what killed her. Uh, but um, uh. they think that since she was a singer her vocal cords were so, were so strong that he couldn't strangle her singers are known for having super strong vocal cords and to be unstranglable right many people have tried to to uh strangle let uh, rock legend michael mcdonald no and they can't because he's because of his vocal cords yeah you're right you don't know me Okay, we're done with that. You ever go to a, a Michael McDonald holiday concert? No, we're done with this. I, do- this, I know you Burn. have. Everybody knows. Boom. Okay. Everybody. Everybody, you talk about it a lot. The Michael so, McDonald holiday concert? You do. That's the name of my fantasy football team. So, um, Michael McDonald. They thought they, they went to a clairvoyant to see right. if they could get any information, and the guy said that this was I, a patient, a mental patient who had escaped from Boston State Hospital. The clairvoyant said this. Yes. So this. But this, Do you put much stock into that? They discounted it very quickly when another murder was committed on September 8th, 1963. Well, well that was Easy E's birthday, by the way. But why would they discount that? Because, it, Just because nobody had been reported missing. Oh, so, gotcha. Yeah. I thought you were saying the murder on September on Easy E's birthday from NWA. Right. Uh, he's a great, great rapper. All right. So this was Evelyn Corbin, and she was 58-year-old divorcee. She was found nude on her bed face up. Her underwear had been stuffed in her mouth. And they also had semen they had found as well. Semen is so gross. On November 25th, Joanne Graff, 23-year-old industrial designer, was raped and killed in her apartment. Oh, I was going to say, she was going to be the one to stop everything. Several descriptions of her attacker matched those of the man Wait, who asked to Did you say November paint. 25th? Yes. She was killed the same day that JFK was laid to rest and Bernie Kosar was born. Another reincarnated Boston Strangler victim. So Bernie Kosar. Co- the description of the guy that killed her matched the description of the guy who asked to paint Sophie Clark's It did. Huh? So now apartment. we have a lead. We have a description. We have a match. I yes. Hope, I bet he had green pants. He did, and they called him the Green Man. The Green Man. So then on January 4th, 1964. Oh, that's where we're at in the timeline. Yes. That's what we've been talking about this episode. We're talking about 1964. That's the same day the Joey Bishop show was on. Remember the Joey Bishop show? No, Joey I Bishop never saw from that. the Rat Pack? I know who he is, but I've never seen that show. Anyway, I have a description of that episode, but yeah, it sucks. Boring it's boring and, and nobody cares. Okay. Joey Bishop so, was the least popular Rat Pack guy. Yep, that's true. So these two women discovered their roommate, Mary Sullivan. Yeah. On this day, she was found dead sitting on her bed, her back oh, against the headboard. Poor lady. She had been strangled with a dark stocking and sexually assaulted with a broom handle. Oh, what? That's appalling. And then, How are you saying this so calmly? There was also a Happy New Year you? card lay wedged between her feet. Oh, well, that's a little nice. That no. makes it less. No, it doesn't it's make it less. It's a Happy New Year card. It's no, it doesn't less. It's not no, less. it's a no. nice greeting. So the it's city something. is totally panic stricken. And. The Attorney General... There's a Happy New Year card. That should make it all better. No, the Attorney General on ever coop? Um, January 17th, 1964... Oh, the same day Michelle Obama was born, y'all. He headed up a task force, and he had permanent staff assigned to the Boston Strangler case. 
and um, they came up with what they thought was the most likely description of the killer. They thought he was around 30, yeah. neat and orderly, worked with his hands, most likely a loner. Sounds like a murderer to me. Then they end up finding the killer by chance. By chance? Yes. Now, they didn't like just guard all old ladies? Like just guard every no, old lady? No, that's what you should do. Yeah. So, in, in fact, no one has ever been actually tried for the Boston Strangling murders. They never caught him? But... Oh, Albert DeSalvo yeah. was is believed to be who did it. Everybody thinks Albert DeSalvo did it. Yes, Where he is actually he now? confessed to each of the thirteen official Strangler murders. He did. He did. So um, why is there? But there's some doubt on his claims by why? people who knew him personally because he was a bragger and he um, was a kind of obnoxious person, and so people think he he made it up. Yeah, but if you're an obnoxious person, you're probably a murderer. Could maybe, be. Maybe well, not. I don't. We know some obnoxious. Anyway, yeah, um, me, I'm obnoxious. I guess it's I'm not true. A so, um, he was a 29 year old guy. He had a history yeah. of breaking and entering. Beanie, little Beanie, little Beanie. He spent time in prison for a bizarre Beanie. series of peeping Tom escapades, where he would knock on ladies' doors, pretend he was a model scout, and say, "If you let me take your measurements." Then I'll take him back to the modeling agency, and he would give her like money, and he and the ladies fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. And he was called the measuring man at that the time. Measuring. Yeah, that sounds like it. I I could see him starting out with little weird, creepy shit like that, yep. and then moving into the murders later. And on. he had actually spent eighteen months in prison for that, wow. for doing that. Then gross. he and he he had had so a tough gross. upbringing. He Wait, had, you say he just went in their house and measured him, and then he mm-hmm. left, or he do weird things to him? I think he'd just he measure them and leave. That was the the beginning of his deviancy. But then why did he go to jail for it? Because he would make they would be undressed. And then he just I mean, never. he's going in there to be a pervert. He's lying to them to get... That's legal. But he's not touching them or doing anything? Well, he's measuring them. You have to touch them to measure them. Yeah, but I mean, how do they... Like, when he... he it was probably, when they find out it's not a real meddling agency. I wonder how long that takes. He's probably like, okay, I'll see you later. I'll, we'll call. We'll call you. Well, we'll I'm call sure, us. But uh, it went, if they, they looked up the agency what? and realized it didn't exist, well, then how they, they find him, call then. the police. So, anyway. Anyway, he was caught then. He, he was, was caught. For, he spent 18 months in prison for that. I... Okay. So, he had had a tough upbringing. He had four siblings. His father was a wife-beating alcoholic. Oh, that's not an attractive. He became a delinquent. He had spent time in and out of prison for petty crime and violence. You know what? It all goes back to the fathers. Yes, it does. Fathers treat your children right. So he had been discharged from the army for disobeying orders. Yeah, you got to obey orders in the army. That's kind of one of the th- big things. Yes. Then he they married like his sweetheart Ermgard Beck. Ermgard Beck, y'all. Girl from Germany. Oh, a German lady. And they had a child that had disabilities. Oh. And um, then they had another child that was a healthy boy. So they had two oh, boys. Two boys. Um, but he was he was liked and appreciated by his boss and his colleagues, but they also said that he was this outrageous braggart. So why are, how can you like and respect somebody who's an outrageous braggart? I know. Braggart? I, I don't know. That, that seems, seems contradictory. I'm upset. So he, he had a spell in prison for breaking and entering. Yeah. Then maybe. he came out and he broke into a woman's apartment, tied her up to the bed, and held a knife to her throat, molested what? her, and then ran away. Gross. And all this time his German wife is cool with it? No, she doesn't know about it. Oh. So then he was arrested for that. She had to know about the jail time, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I assume. Um, he was arrested for that, and then he was picked out of an identity parade, and then he was admitted to robbing hundreds of apartments All and right. carrying out a couple of rapes. Pardon my ignorance, but is an identity parade 
at a, a full long parade with floats. It's got floats and, they and throw stuff. candy and stuff. Yes. And then you just pick out your murderer. I think. Okay. That most parades operate that way. Gotcha. Yeah. Most of them do have marching bands. And so then he confesses. He says, I'm the Boston Strangler. Oh, he confessed. But back to this identity parade. Do you think like the victims have or the suspects all have to learn to play a an instrument and then they have to be good enough to be in a marching band and Could be. trained Could be, babe. before they can be in the parade? Could be, babe. All okay. right. So uh, the police didn't believe him at first. They didn't believe that he's the Boston Strangler, even though everything he's done so far is creepy as hell just the same way. Yep. And he went I to, think he they is. sent him to a mental hospital to be assessed by psychiatrists. And he got F. Lee Bailey as his defense attorney. So right here, that's what the clairvoyant was seeing. Instead of escaping from one, he'll be put in put one in, in the one, future. Maybe, babe. It just got mixed up. It's all real. Clairvoyants are all real. And when they Listen told his wife, she was like, there's no way that he's just saying that to get in the newspapers and to get money. That's she not true. She didn't even believe it. The German she wife didn't believe, didn't believe it. Yeah, she didn't believe it. She wouldn't look up for her, her wiener schnitzel he, for five like seconds. what he's like. She's just a horrible asshole. I married a terrible person. Yep. And meanwhile, F. Lee Bailey's involved. Yeah, so he, Bailey interviews him, and it, and he hears DeSalvo describe the murders in incredible detail, down to the furniture the apartments had, yeah. the, in the victims had. so he had. did do it. And um, I just so happen to have an F. Lee Bailey impression. You do? Yeah, would you like to hear it? Sure, babe. Hello. I'm F. Lee Bailey. That was pretty good. Pretty good? Yep. So, um, Boom. Bailey Nailed became it. convinced that DeSalvo was the Boston Strangler. And he's, when he asked DeSalvo why he chose a victim so old, yeah. the, it, um, DeSalvo says attractiveness had nothing to do with it. Ugh, so that's creepy. I think it was just any and all. Although whatever he would say is creepy. That's he's true. People. So, uh, but have you noticed that a lot of people consider me like better than Rich Little in my impressions? Nobody's, there's nobody saying that. A lot of people say it. No. People All right. say it. So the police are convinced. And, the 5-0 is convinced? Um, he was incarcerated. And then in November 1973, he went and he he got word to his doctor that he needed to see him right away. And he had something important to say about the Boston Strangler. But murders. while he's in jail. While he's in jail. So he was tried and convicted for it. Or is he just. Yes, he was tried and convicted. You said nobody's been tried and convicted for this. No, no, he, it was for the. I'm sorry, it it wasn't uh, for I the Boston stranglings. Apology. It was for the the rapes. Oh, the ra- the other things. Either. Yeah. Well, the people that got away. Yes. He was probably going to kill them too, though. Right. It probably was. So he tells the he gets word to the doctor that he's got something really important to say. Yeah. And the night before they were to meet, he yeah. was stabbed to death in prison. Oh, what day was that? I don't know. Gross. So it's assumed that the killing had been planned with cooperation between employees Wait, he was and prisoners. Stabbed to death in prison. Yeah. So he couldn't confess whatever he's going to say about the strangling. Yeah. Hmm. But they um, they think the employees and the prisoners were in cahoots a little bit. Yeah, like the guards were like, "Hey, we'll turn our back yeah, on him. We right. Kill that braggart." That's right. In 2001, they exhumed his body, they and did? DNS, DNA tests were taken right? and compared to evidence. From Mary Sullivan's murder. Oh, because now we have this DNA stuff. We're going to prove it was him, right? right? And what There happened? was no match. What? Then in J- July of 2013, his body would be exhumed again for reevaluation using new forensic testing. Yeah. And this time on July 11th, 2013, officials oh. announced that the DNA evidence had linked him to the rape and murder of Mary Sullivan. That's the same night that... Redneck Island was on CMT, and Pregnant and Dating was on the Wii Network. <laughs> and, of course, if you think of those two shows, yeah, Redneck Island and Pregnant and Dating, yep. 
That's how far we've come. That's in 2013. Compared to the, the 60s. To, like if I were to My think My boy that, Higgins. Yeah. From or whatever those shows Donna were Reed to show. this We were watching Donna Reed and Leave it to Beaver, and now we're watching Redneck Island and Pregnant and Dating. Oh, my God. It really is the idiocracy. And that is the story of the Boston Strangler. That was pretty good. So we now know it was him, those last tests. Yeah, were, well, were at least that he, he did Mary Sullivan. So Well, you know, uh, a good friend and listener, Joe Christian, yeah. loves Idiocracy. That's his favorite movie. What are you talking about? Yeah, right I said now. we're in the idiocracy because of those two oh. movies. That made me think of that. And Joe Christian is a, a big fan and listener, and he watches Idiocracy over oh, and over. I don't think that's true. No, he does. That's all he watches. Okay, what's next? Well, th- that's a great story, and I'll ju- let's just finish up January. Yeah. Since that was long. Yep. So long. Um, and so Friday, January 10th, 1964, was the first Beatles album released in the United States. Okay. Originally, it was supposed to come out in July of 63, but it came out January 10th of 64 on VJ Records. And this came out them. 10 days before Capitals Meet the Beatles came out. And that one was supposed to be the first one. Right. But VJ, uh, there's haggling back and forth between, and there's like legal battles about which one could come out first and whatever. Uh, but ultimately, VJ was permitted to sell the album until late 1964. All right. By which time it had sold more than 1.3 million copies. On July 24th, 2014, the album was certified gold and platinum. Anyway, here are the songs that are on this album. Side one, I saw her standing there. Misery, Anna, go to him. Chains, Carol King, Carol King wrote that, mm-hmm. helped write that. Boys, Love Me Do, you know that song, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul and John wrote that one. Uh, P.S. I Love You. That's a good one. Baby, It's You. Burt Bacharach wrote, helped write that. Do You Want to Know a Secret? You like that one, right? Yeah, I like that uh, one. That's written by George Harrison. A Taste of Honey, There's a Place, and Twist and Shout. Pretty good. Those are all pretty good for the first album ever. Yeah. All those hits. All those hits. And then uh, on Monday, January 20th, 1964, Meet the Beatles was released. The second album. And this one had, uh, I Want to Hold Your Hand, mm-hmm. I Saw Her Standing There, This Boy, It Won't Be Long, All I've Got to Do, All My Lovin', mm-hmm. and then on side two, Don't Bother Me, Little Child, Don't Bother Me. There's a guy, I used to know in a group home that said, Don't Bother Me, Sweeper. All right, keep going. Anyway, Till There Was You, Hold Me Tight, I Want to Be Your Man, and Not a Second Time. Those are pretty good, too. Yeah. Pretty good for the yeah. first two albums. Yeah. Greatest band ever. I'd agree. And then on Wednesday, January 29th, 1964, I think this is going to be the last thing. Yeah, we talk about it. Let's finish up January. A movie came out about an insane general who triggers a path to nuclear holocaust that a war room full of politicians and generals frantically try to stop. Dr. Strangelove. Or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. That's right. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be creepy to watch it now in this day and age. Yeah, you think? Oh, yeah. It's kinda it would scary. be a parallel. Like, we're all thinking it's going to happen. It would yeah. be such a parallel. Directed by Stanley Kubrick, uh, starring Peter Sellers, George C. Scott, Sterling Hayden, and this is the debut of James Earl Jones. That's right. The film debut. Yep. This was nominated for Best Picture, uh, Best Actor in a Leading Role, by Peter Sellers, Best Director, Best Writing, Screenplay Based on Material from Another Medium. 
and the film led to actual changes in policy to ensure that these events depicted could never really happen in real life. Did you know that? That's cool. That's good. I wonder what the changes were. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not that smart. While shooting aerial footage over Greenland, the second unit camera crew accidentally filmed a secret U.S. military base, and their plane was forced down, and the crew was suspected of being Soviet spies. That's pretty funny. Yeah. They searched everyone's anuses. They might have. You don't know. They probably did. You probably did. And then that began the pro the the policy from then National on. National anus searches. Yeah, all all film crews have their anuses searched. I don't think that's yeah, true. Yeah, it is at true all. everywhere. You can't be an extra without having your anus searched. You're making things up again. Doctor Strangelove apparently suffers from agonistic apraxia, also known as alien hand syndrome. Yes. Somebody diagnosed that. It's caused by damage to the corpus colossum. Colossum, I think. Colossum. Colossum. The nerve fibers that connect the brain's two hemispheres. Researchers at the University of Aberdeen who identified it love syndrome. That's so awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. It's just interesting. Awesome that he had that, but it's it's like and a he, real thing. Yeah. yeah, it's a real thing. Yeah, so it's a real thing. And uh, I remember it being a good movie. I mean, good is debatable when you're talking about a historical movie. Sometimes it's like they're meaningful yeah. and they're important, but it but might not be entertaining. Right. I watched it in the film class, I think. I did too. I was I probably feel like I liked it. I was probably stoned out of my gourd. Yeah, you probably were. Wasn't the best student around. Mm-hmm. Not a good student. Nope. You made a mistake in marrying me. Well, that is it for today. Oh God! Oh, oh I just ruined the podcast. That is my microphone stand fell. Gosh, this is the worst. This is a ghost. That was, was, a ghost, that was not a ghost. That was you being an idiot. <laughs> hey, I am an idiot, but thank you for listening thank to you for Two listening. Idiots, yes. History for Idiots. Please and tell your friends. and Yeah, bug your friends. You get need, people to listen. You know what I mean? Really, here's the thing. We don't have a lot of time to do a lot of social media and promotion, so it's on you, Yeah, listeners. if you like it, share, yeah. share it with somebody. Shove it in your friends' faces. That's right. Punch your friends. It's time to get out of here, Chuck oh, Berry. Have friendships. Friendship banana boats. Take a bath with your friends. Listen to our podcast. In the bathtub. In the nude. Wash each other's butts. I have nowhere to put my microphone because my stand fell down. I I can't end the podcast because of this. Oh no, this podcast will go on forever because my microphone stand broke. I don't know what to do. Hello? Is there anybody there? Hello? I love you all. Who is this? Check, please. Grandma? Grandma, are you here? Grandma, are you here? When you were all alone, no watchtower, kids in the sky. Well, I was barely a glimmer in my young daddy's eyes. Said the wind so tired of hearing about the six days. One more time, I said, we're so tired of hearing about. is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. America!